Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Hebrews chapter 10. Here again the part that reads, when, he said, when Christ said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law, then he added, behold, I have come to do your will. He abolishes the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanct- sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once and for all. You may be seated. Reading a passage of Scripture is like entering a room, you know, that has two doors and a window. You might consider it, you could go ahead and open the Scriptures and walk right through and close it just as fast. Or you might notice that in the room there's a window. And you look outside, wondering, what are the things you could be enjoying? Or even the things that people demand are time and energy. But if we pause, we might notice the carpet, the color of the walls, the furniture, and might even consider the place where the room exists. So with Scripture today, we pause and take notice of Hebrews chapter 10. A piece of the furniture. We find there a part of this passage is Psalm 40. You might say, okay, heard that before. Fits with what I believe. Yep. And then just go right around and do whatever we're doing. But wait, this is the only time that Psalm 40 occurs in the New Testament, and yet he says it comes from Christ's mouth. How can he say that? And if he says it, why? I mean, since he said it, why does he say it? Well, today I invite you into the room of Scripture that your faith may go into each corner and realize that Christ is bigger than Christmas, even bigger than Easter. It engulfs our whole lives and all of creation. And to believe, yes, for us to believe what God really wants. So, leaving the room of Hebrews chapter 10, we go to the Psalms. We go to Psalm 40. And we find there it's a Psalm of David. But the writer of the Hebrews, as I said, he said, Christ says. Hmm. How can he do that? Again, we might think of Christmas. Right? When Christ came to the earth. But first, the writer assumes that what we think as, or that what we think should be as God thinks. Yes, here we might think of the birth of Jesus and Christmas. We might consider Mary when she comes to Elizabeth. That when Jesus is there in Mary's womb and Mary greets her, John the baptizer leaps in Elizabeth's womb. We might remember the words of the creed conceived by the Holy Spirit and think of all that Luke writes about in his first chapter that leads up to Christmas. But the writer of the Hebrews wants his reader to think bigger, to think bigger than Christmas. 
For Jesus doesn't speak Psalm 40 while he walked on this earth, but Christ was present even in David's mouth when he spoke. And so David speaks in concert with Christ before Jesus is born. So when you hear David, you hear Christ. That means when you hear any words of Scripture in the Old Testament, you hear Christ. When God speaks at the beginning of creation, and all is created, you are to hear Christ. You are to hear that the very Son of God, you are to hear the Word of God. What does that mean? That all creation, that you and me and every human being that has lived and ever will live, has been created by God and His Son came to redeem all of us including his creation. So scripture, every room of scripture has Jesus in it. But like a room, scripture has a window. It is a window to the outside world. It is a way to view all of creation and to rejoice over what God is doing. But we might sit there and Notice the snowflakes blowing and as the pastor drones on and wonder the condition of our lawn or maybe, you know, that we could maybe be someplace else. We could even be in bed yet Sunday morning. Curled up, warm. There are many of those who are tempted who give in to such temptations listening to the service in the background as if it's white noise. I mean, we do that, right, with our TVs and radios, just to have something noise in the house, right? Still, others of us struggle to pay attention. And others of us look to see and hear. What is it that God would want us to hear? The writer of the Hebrews knows his people are struggling, struggling as they look out at the outside world. They feel the pressures of family, of friends. They feel the fissures of their new faith that has divided those who are practicing Jews and those are, yeah, and those who become Jewish Christians. They feel the fissures between the non-believer and the believer. They see the temple worship and all the people out there that are bringing their sacrifices and their great offerings and the priests offering the sacrifices. These new Christians consider how they are separated into this small group that the majority doesn't like. The lamp that they light to read through the scriptures and listen. And they pour water over the converts and eat a little bread and a little wine. You know, their worship just isn't very impressive. And there are those who are tempted not to rejoice on the gifts that they're receiving. But led, but in their disappointment, led to what they are drawn to in the window, creation. What is it that God wants? We too struggle as we look out into our world. Doesn't God want us to enjoy life? We're tempted to think that it would be so much 
better. It would be so much easier if we didn't have to sit in such doggone hard pews. Doesn't God want us to get our work done? We're tempted to think, you know, if we could just get Sunday morning out of the way, we could get on to what we either like or to the demands of the day or the week. Demands. (laughs) Those are what gods make. They make demands on our life. And eventually the demand more than we're able to give and you feel it, don't you? You feel it at work. You feel it from your spouse. You feel it from your children. Oh, you really feel it at Christmas when everybody makes the demands. We should be over at this celebrating Christmas or we should be over there for celebrating Christmas. Everybody wants a piece of us. Who cares about us? Oh, yeah. Your bills. You remember that new vehicle that you got? Oh, it brought such joy. And then the payments came. For a brief moment of joy in the monotony of life, only to man more and more sacrifices entrapping us into a mind-numbing, deadly slavery. It is this that Christ has set us free from, from such deadly thinking and enslaving gods. When Christ came into the world, that's what the writer of the Hebrews says, He uses the word cosmos. He uses the word for universe. He uses the word for whole creation. And said to his father, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired. You see, God doesn't want us to pay him off and then get on with the rest of our life. In Christ, God changes our attitude about how we see the world and how we are to look at the world outside. We look at the world through Christ. Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. That God values human flesh so much that he would go ahead and take his word and put it in like David so that it would come out of his mouth David, whose life was so messy. (laughs) He put his word in Mary so that she would carry it in her womb. And as you read in Matthew, it caused such a havoc on Joseph's life until he realized the gift that God had given. Mary and Elizabeth, they marvel. Christ comes in human flesh to redeem all of creation, all of our moments, including the world in which we live. It is written, he abolishes the first in order to establish the second. The Jews before that first Christmas had turned worship upside down, turning it into what God demands of them. But when Christ comes, he turns it right side up again, That worship is God coming to us, telling what he has done and will do. For we have no record of Jesus quoting, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. But he did speak it through David, and when he comes in the flesh, he teaches it and he lives it. 
lives with the psalm declares. You know, every morning, more or less, we take care of our bodies, right? And sometimes more and sometimes less, right? And we might go ahead and evaluate it according to the standards of the world. Yeah, too old to do this and too young to do that. We see all its imperfections and we might even go ahead and judge it according to God's law and see how we have measured up. And this too, we have already confessed before our Lord. But now the Lord asks us to listen, to take heart, to believe, to view our bodies in a new way, to view them in view of Christ. That Christ with, by, and through David said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body prepared for me. This refers to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. But now the writer of the Hebrews applies this to the people before him, the people who read his letter, and to you and to me when he says, And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. This body, your bodies, made holy, made to be a temple of the Lord, temple of His Spirit, a body God has prepared for you, made, He even made your ears. And He dug their holes so that you could hear His word and believe that Jesus, what Jesus does is true for your, you. Ears open to the Lord and His word. And you know what? If you go ahead and Turn to the book of Psalms and read Psalm 40, verse 6. Guess what? That's what it says. Ears open to the Lord. Jesus came to set us free from the enslavement of this present life so that we are free now once again to serve others with what God has given to us without fear. He sets us free in our worship today. You don't have to be here. You get to be here. Worship doesn't make you a Christian but Christians get to worship. For here is where God reveals his gifts. He has given you the forgiveness of sins, and there in baptism he has placed his name on you that you're set free from being a child of Satan, a person who has his ears plugged with Satan's tempting lies. God has placed his name on you to open your ears to his word and no one can take that away from us, for he is with us. Here we receive the body and blood of Jesus with his creation, bread and wine for his creation, you and me. In Jesus, we have a new perspective on our life. God's creation, we belong to him. So now that Christ, now Christ speaks with by and through us. We are the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus. Our bodies, unholy as they are, sanctified, declared holy to be a part of his creation. You know, after his resurrection, we'll have glorified bodies. But until then, we live by faith. Now we look out the window, seeing our neighbor And in Jesus, that neighbor is an opportunity for us. 
an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And as we care for that person, God is caring for that person through us. Will there be other opportunities? Oh yeah, we'll miss them. But they are not our gods. We live by grace, and others are to do that as well. Living that way, we bear each other's burdens, just as Christ has bore ours. We forgive others, just as Christ has forgiven us. Look at the whole house of Scripture and see creation through its window. So what is it that God wants? It's not our sacrifice. Jesus has done that. He wants us to live fully in Jesus Christ, who has redeemed everything, including you and me and those next to us. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.